Smoking Guns Podcast. Philip Higginbotham hanging out with you along with my two good friends, Leo Yamas. What's up, football fans? <laughs> Brahma's fans. Brahma's fans. fans. Well, that's, well, that's what we're that's what we're here to find out, right? So uh, I'm short. Also joining us as always, RC Woods. RC, say hello. Hello, beautiful people. So here we are. Ah, step back from the ledge. Put down the cyanide pills. It's okay. We're one and three. That's not great. No, it's um, Brahmas so good, but but are one and three. We do. We have a football team. That's what we said we wanted for like, what, years. four years. <laughs> we got our football team and now everybody's upset because they're just not that good. Uh, that's not fair. Uh, one third of them is not very good. Uh, 15 to six loss to the Sea Dragons in Seattle on Saturday. Uh, it was rough. It was a rough game to watch. It was a hard game to watch. Um, I, uh, I, we always try to be positive on our show. That's never going to change. Like we are positive people. We will see the good in every situation. We try to. We strive for that. But let's be really, really, really honest. This offense is poopy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's really bad. It's like melted butter. It's frustrating. frustrating. I like melted butter. <laughs> I do not like this offense. I'm just saying it goes yeah. this way and that way. It doesn't really do a whole lot. The offense is offensive, but not in the way you want it to be. No, not in the way you want it to be. Let's talk about the good side. Look, it's easy, and we're going to spend lots of time talking about the offense but let's talk about the defense for a second and recognize that um really front to back we've got one of the best defenses in the league i would say so yeah we do and i mean if they got help any help at all from the offensive side of the ball any help they would be even better they spend a lot of time on the field they do give up some big plays every once in a while but defenses are going to give up big plays when they're on the field as much as this defense has to be. Um, it's just going to happen. You're going to get beat. If you give, uh, you know, in in hockey, if you only have a team that takes 20 shots on goal, goalie can stop all of those. But when that same team takes 60 shots on goal, one or two of those are bound to get through. In the same way, a defense that has a normal workload can handle things. A defense that has a workload that's doubled because their offense can't do anything with the ball um, is going to give up one or two big plays. Like, that's going to happen. It's unfortunate, but that's what they're working with. This defense is extraordinary. Like, it is really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they played this last game against Seattle, which is known for having a really good offense, and they played with you know out one of their without one of their best players or um, on the uh, on the line. Um, and still managed to hold them to a single uh, touchdown the entire the entire game. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the defense has been playing lights out. But you're absolutely right; they're not getting any help from the offense. If they had the type of uh, offensive help that most teams have, just just an average offense, you're talking 
probably a win against Seattle, and you're talking probably a win against against Houston, because Houston didn't score the the entire no. second half. No, they they kept them out the whole second half. Alex Alex McSwain checking in that CB number one. Forget his name, but he's a beast. What's his name, Leo? Barku. Barku. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent guy. Uh, excellent uh, cornerback. Just played a great game against one of the best receivers in football? Question mark. Is Josh Garden is Josh Garden one of the best receivers in football? I mean, he's had his off the field issues, and that's why he's not in the NFL. But if he was in the NFL, wouldn't he be doing crazy things in the NFL as well? I I think so. I think he's definitely an NFL talent, um, but uh, he's just currently not there right now for other reasons. Right. Would <laughs> yeah. he be on the offensive or the defensive side? Because he's the kicker. Do I know? Oh, Parker Romo. You got to talk. Look, uh, it's funny. I listened to Heinz Ward, and we may even have some video later in the game, Heinz Ward's post-game comments. And one of the things he said is the defense is playing lights out. Special teams is playing lights out. And I'm like, special teams? Are they really playing lights out? And then I thought about Parker Romo, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no. That yeah. guy's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's been all over Facebook today, so you've probably already seen it. I'm probably not giving you, the Brahmas fans, any news that you don't know, but his 50, what was it, 57-yard field goal 57 yards. at the end of the first half is the longest field goal at Lumen Field ever. Awesome. That's NFL, XFL 2.0, XFL 3.0 games have all been played there. I'm sure college games have been played there as well. Uh, Parker Romo's 57-yard field goal, the longest field goal in Seattle, in Lumen Field, um, ever. Kudos to him. He will be kicking somewhere on Sundays. This will be our only season with Parker Romo. Yeah, for sure, as well as probably our only season with Luke Barku. Uh, he's going to get a call also. Cer certainly looks like it. Certainly looks like it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, what this, that's what this league is about. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to see uh, uh, Parker Romo back in in the the dome and Barku and and the rest of the Brahmas back home in the dome against against the Renegades. We got a Renegades fan joining us. Yeah, we do. Jimmy Hanna, Jimmy Hanna welcome. You Renegades Hello. fans are welcome here. Our Roughnecks friends are welcome here. Uh, we we are not one of those shows that are going to give you a hard time. Our team's going to do that. Over the next two weeks, they're going to figure out the offense, and they're going to give you a really hard time over the next two weeks. We don't need to do that here because they're going to give you we, – we're glad you're here. We're glad you're joining us, and we're sorry for what's going to happen over the next two weeks. Um, we really do apologize for the beating that you guys are – and look, it's got to be. It's got to be a beating over the next two weeks over the Renegades because our back is against the wall now. Uh, we are one and three in a 10 week season. If you want to make the playoffs, to have a shot at taking down Houston in the South, at taking home a championship here in San Antonio on May 13th, then these two games become vitally important. Um, it, is, it is really a battle for the second position in 
the South. And if you win them both, you're in the driver's seat. And if you lose them both, I don't know that you can get back there. I don't know that you can get back where you need to be. Yeah, these these next these next two games are are huge, really for both teams. Um, there's a little bit more pressure on the Brahmas because you know they're they're behind record wise. But yeah, you, it's the top two teams from from each division, and everybody knows that it's not going to be Orlando in the South. No, everybody, so, right now it's Houston's ahead of the pack. They're undefeated, you know. But we we know Houston lo- fans love to remind us about that. Um, but so that just leaves San Antonio and Arlington, and they play <laughs> just for a quirk of the schedule. They play the two games against each other consecutively, uh, first in the Dome and then over next week in, in Choctaw Stadium. So these these next two games are pretty much make or break the season for both teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and so the special teams has played well. Parker Romo is amazing. The defense has played Again, I think they're one of the best teams in the league, uh, one of the best defenses in the league. All of that out of the way. Now we have to get down to the problem, and the problem is on offense. Yep. And the problem is everywhere on offense. Like, there is no one thing you can point to and go, well, if they could just fix this, it would be fine. I know there's a lot of folks on Facebook right now uh, over the last two days that have said, we need to get rid of Jack Cohn. Maybe, like maybe a change at quarterback is necessary. I'm not willing to say it's not. Like they need some sort of spark, and maybe Ryan Sedet or uh, Juwan yeah. Pass is the one that does that, that gives them that spark. But that alone is not going to change anything. Like just changing out your quarterback. You could put Patrick Mahomes in your quarterback position right now. And I don't think you'd have, you'd have more success, but not the kind of success you need to have to win games. There are problems all over this offense. Not unless Patrick Mahomes can run and catch the ball that he threw to himself. (laughs) Right. Or if he can fly. (laughs) You got and block the defensive end coming in, trying to, to tackle him or the defensive tackle. So Patrick Mahomes can block while he takes the snap and then scrambles to make the pass, throw the ball, and then run downfield and catch the ball, and then run in for a touchdown, then we're good. You've got a line that can't block, a quarterback that uh, you know can't do a few things that he really needs to be doing. You've got uh, running backs that were completely taken out of the game by design, question mark, um, by our offensive coaching You've got receivers that drop the ball and and manage and managing all of that. You've got an offensive scheme that I've watched football for a long time, Leo and RC. Mm-hmm. I do not understand this offensive scheme. I don't see what you're trying to do. I don't understand. Leo and I were talking about this a little bit before uh, we jumped on. And here's what I see. And we're going to welcome in our guest right now, uh, Viva Texas. So many of you know him Uh-oh. as Viva Texas. Uh, Jorge joining us. Uh, what's up, everybody? What's going on, sir? Hello, hello. How y'all doing? Ah, I'm, digging, so, I'm digging the headwear. So we are fixing the offense right now. So jump in when you're ready to tell us how to fix this offense. But I was just mentioning that the offensive scheme seems uh, along the line of scrimmage to be on two different planes. 
inside the line of scrimmage or on the on the backfield side of the line of scrimmage. Everything happens within the tackle box. All the running, all of the uh, quarterback standing there looking down the field. It all happens within the 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 tackle box, and then out beyond the line of scrimmage, everything happens beyond the numbers. It's all outside passes. It's outs. It's curls. Um, all on the outside of the numbers. There's nothing happening in the middle of the field down the, I don't understand this. I don't understand the offensive scheme. I don't know what Jaime Elizondo is doing. I, I'm not sure anymore. He knows what he's doing. And the thing I would point out is there was a fourth, uh, Leo and I were talking about this earlier. There was a fourth and one play where they threw a pass and it was like a 13-year-old kid choosing his play on Madden. Like, it didn't make any sense. You you normally on fourth and one have four or five plays, six plays. The, these are our gold standard. These are the plays I'm going to go to if I need one yard. And that pass can't be one of those plays. Um, so I'm not even sure Jaime Elizondo knows what his scheme is anymore. But I don't understand it. Am I missing something? Do you guys see something I'm not seeing? Yep, 100%. Uh, so as a former offensive lineman myself, it starts with the line. Um, sure. Unfortunately, yes. uh, Coach Elizondo is working with what he's got, which is no line. That's why you see everything within the – all the runs are within the tackle box because the guards are not athletic enough to run a counter to the outside. The tackles cannot – I've seen them block, and they cannot seal the edges to get a run to the outside. Um the center and the guards, the center is getting blown off the line every time. If you look um, yes. at a game, he's getting blown off the line every time. So the runs up the middle, they're not there. Um, the short passes to the outside, that's all you can do because you, the quarterback has no time to sit in the pocket unless he's running for his life. And um, he's so Cone's doing the best he can with a little bit of time that he's got, which forces those short out passes um to a slot receiver um it doesn't give guys like they don't he look the receivers do not even have enough time to run a five and in a a post yeah they don't have time to run a full post route uh because there's there's by the time that they're cutting in after the after they run the five yards to post cone's already running for his life he's already trying to step up in the pocket trying to avoid the pass and um or trying to avoid the rush, and it, it it all starts with the offensive line, which is not there. Um, you know, so, I've seen them play so many times now, and like I said, I, and when I watch a football game, I watch the offensive line because that's what I grew up playing. That's what I studied. When I watched film, that's what I saw. That's what I watched is how an offensive line plays, and our guys are getting beat off the line and blown off the line every single time it was evident more so in the houston game than anything yeah that houston mm-hmm. defensive line they looked like a bunch of monster trucks crushing little cars um mm-hmm. when they really weren't that great they really weren't it's just our offensive line just was not protecting our quarterback so is that something that you actually see around the league though because i've got this theory that actually the offensive line play around this league is not very good but the two teams that are really successful on offense right now, the Seattle Sea Dragons that we just played against, and Houston is scoring more points than anybody else. Part of that's because they played the Guardians twice. Um, but 
These are the top two offenses, depending on how you want to break things up. Both of them use um, what they call their hybrid offenses, but they're based on the run and shoot. June Jones is run and shoot. Uh, and that's what they're doing in Seattle. And then in Houston, it is they call it the Mike Leach offense, but it's got a lot of that run and shoot, which uses so much lateral movement along the line of scrimmage that you kind of spread things out a little bit. You create some time for your quarterback. If he is, if he is uh, bootlegging out one direction or the other, he's getting a little more time, and it's creating some space and some holes in your offensive line as things begin to stretch out a little bit uh, the defense gets stretched out as well, and so it creates some gaps. Um, that's a way you can mitigate not having great offensive line play. Am I wrong? It is. I, I mean, like, you, the, so you, you'd want to run a veer type offense, which is very heavily based on the op, on the option. Um, you know, that relies a lot on the quarterback, and that relies a lot on the running back being on the same page. But you got, and that's when you have a weak offensive line. Is you run, to, you run to the outside, and you give the quarterback an option to keep it or to to toss it. You know the option. However, these guys are trying to get into the NFL. They, you can't run a veer. You can't run the option in the NFL. You get killed by the linebackers in the NFL. So it's kind of you know, are you? It it, it puts it puts people in a, in a tough position because. Like, are you trying to win to get to the to the championship and win and succeed in the XFL, or are you trying to instill the right mentality and the right type of play to get these guys to the NFL, which is what the league is all about in the first place? And so with the weak offensive line that we have, I would say try the veer. Try try the try the option based college based offense, but that's not setting guys up for success in the NFL. So uh, it's, it's tough. And like, you see guys like, like Ben DiNucci, for example, he, he can run and make stuff out of nothing um, right. with the offensive line that he has. Our quarterback is not athletic enough to do that. You know, he, he, he can't like, that's just, he's a pocket passer and that a pocket passer is what succeeds in the NFL. If you, if you look at, you know, most successful quarterbacks in the NFL, um, if you have a running quarterback, he's he's injured at, by season two, season three. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look at RG three for example. See Lamar Jackson. See RG three. Yeah. See these yeah, guys. Like, yeah, yep. they don't last. And so people want like you need to be a pocket passer in the NFL. But in the XFL, be, like you said, the offensive line play is weak across the board. Um, you can't be a pocket passer because there's no offensive line. I mean, there's no there's protection. No, there's, there's no, no pocket. <laughs> it's a pass. Yeah, there's no. There's no pocket. It, yeah. it collapses so quickly. I've seen the tackles get beat from the outside so many times, and usually it's from the blind side. And I feel so bad for Cone because he's trying his best to try to get something to his receivers, but by the time, I mean, that's why you see him throw it to the, to the ground because it's either throw it to the ground or take a fumble. Right. So, RC, what do you and, got? So, Jorge, in your opinion, at what point do we get another quarterback? Do we try another quarterback? It's a good question. You know, I I think now. Now is the time because we've had four weeks of, of trying it with Cone. And I don't, you know, I just don't think that uh, this is the type of offense that suits him. 
you know, with the line that he's got to protect him. And we need to see another quarterback give it a shot. Like you've seen what I, I like what Las, even though they haven't won a game, I like what Las Vegas has done with Luis Perez and with Brent Hundley. Like they've, they've tried them both. And, you know, they're not afraid to put both quarterbacks out there and see what works. Um, and they had some success with that, you know, this past week. Leo, lost, but- Leo, you've been one of the strongest Jack Cohn supporters that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, how, where are you at now? Like, is it, is it, do we just need to stick with Jack and give him uh, some more time, run with him as our quarterback this season? Where are you at? So this, this last game kind of was, uh, was the the what pushed me over to the other side. I have been a very advocate supporter of Cohen. I agree with Jorge. Cohen has done the best he can in the situations he's been in, um, which is not an ideal situation for his strong suit, for his game. He's a pocket passer. He's not mobile. He's not the guy that's going to run around. He does extend plays to his credit. Um, he's been, I think he's surprised some Much with, as he can, yeah. with his mobility because I, I, I think, I think the, the rep on him was he had zero to none, you know, zero to very little. And, and he's actually, I think proven some wrong that he actually can extend the play a little bit, but, uh, he's as well as the, the offensive line play, he's not getting the help at receiver, uh, that he should be getting. Um, I do agree the the number one problem is the offensive line uh, receivers have also played, played their part in the failures of the offense by not catching balls sure. that were catchable. Mm-hmm. But what has taken me from saying, you know, Cohen is a guy to, yeah, it's probably time that we put somebody else in there and try something different. Isn't necessarily because I think Cohen has done a bad job or done anything to lose the starting position. It's more of, We've seen what he can do with what the Brahmas currently are, what the team is. Um, we've seen that. And obviously, as, as Coach Ward said, I need to make some changes. And he was talking specifically about the offense. He says, I'm going to make some changes. Changes are going to be made. He seemed very frustrated um, and understandably so. Um, but you need, a guy that's, you need a guy that's not so safe. Cohen does an excellent job. He's got he's he's got the game and he's got the head for for the game to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. He knows situational football. He knows when it's best to not you know not take a dangerous throw. He's he's too safe for the situation that this team is in right now. Right now we need a guy that's going to go out there and take some chances. We need a guy that's going to throw the ball into tight coverage and take it and and, and maybe get a turnover but also maybe get something going in the offense, get some momentum going. Uh, what was the last straw for me, for Cohen, and just saying, okay, he's, he's too safe for what it is we need um, on this team. Uh, and I, I think it actually happened twice, but I know it a- actually happened once. When it was offsides, they threw the flag, and we had a free play. And he continued oh. with the play as if, as if it were any other down. It's a free play. There's, you're not going to lose that down no matter what happens. Take a chance. Make something happen. And, and he still throw, threw the ball in the dirt to, to avoid taking a sack or avoid a turnover on a free play. That, uh, yeah. that to me was the moment when I said, yeah, we need something different. 
I, I don't think it's it's a question of his talent. I don't think he's done anything to, like you would say in typical you know football, lose the job. It's just that he's not what this team needs right now. That skill set, that mentality, he will do great with a good offensive line. He will do great when with receivers that that can can catch the ball and, and help out a little bit more. Not that not that we have terrible receivers. Time is very key on like like Jorge said having time to run the route and be in the position where the play calls for it's not happening but yeah I I'm now in the camp that it's it's time to move on and see what we have and Reed Sinet has talent there's a reason Cohen is a starter though don't get me wrong there's a reason why that was determined and he's been and I think Ward still has confidence in him but it's time for a change RC you know yeah, I, I think Cohen's good. I think he's very vanilla, and we need someone to get nasty at this point. We need to get nasty. <laughs> oh, a little Popovich in there. Yeah. Right. No, and you know, and to Leo's point, that free play to me, I think that was my turning point too. I've been a very vocal supporter of Cohen as well. Um, and, you know, I, I remember even at, if so I went to the River Center Mall this weekend before before the watch party and there's a giant banner of Jack Conan and my son, you know, he saw because he was wearing his Brahma shirt. He saw the Brahma's logo. He was like, he made the connection. I was like, yeah, look, look, it's like daddy. It's a dad's daddy's friend, you know, and um, so I know that, you know, he's the face of the team right now. But like Leo was saying that free play, I think that's not just on Cone, but like on the offense as a whole when i you know and this is taught at the high school level when you see that flag fly and the play is still going that should be a sign to the receivers book it down the field and toss a bomb um because it's a free play interception okay big nothing bad is gonna happen at, at yeah. worst, you're gonna get your own penalty and you're gonna have to replay the down. Nothing bad can happen at that moment. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad. So that's why, like, I mean, like I said, that's taught at the high school level is when you see that flag, book like the play has just changed and you book it down the field and you throw a bomb. Like, it doesn't matter what happens because, like you said, nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the fact that they're trying to avoid the sack and trying to avoid the fumble and things like that, like, uh, it's just – and you know, and and I, you know, I keep, you know, I see, you know, Brian saying that, you know, Reed Sinet is, you know, he's got a good arm and, and he can a strong arm, but at the same time, is like I don't know that a strong arm and throwing deep is gonna fix it because there's no time to do so. Yeah, you gotta have time I, for that to develop. So, I, like I was, like I was saying earlier our receivers don't even have enough time to run a proper post or a flag route, and you know, at five five yards in. When they're making the cut, our quarterback's already getting chased down for his life. There so, is, I mean, there is also, there is also a big problem. The line is a problem. The quarterback, maybe we do need to make a change. Um, but I've got to harp again on the offensive scheme. Not only does it not make sense to me, um, and I've already explained why that is. It is also very, very predictable. If you doubt that, go back and watch the Seattle game. And watch our third play from scrimmage, which is a run-pass option. It it is a run-run option, actually, where everybody on Seattle collapses down to take 
the running back out of the play. Jack sees that. Jack Cohen sees that and keeps the ball. And as he makes his way to the line, a linebacker appears. He just kind of slides out. They were ready the whole time. They knew exactly what we were going to do on third down and whatever it was, two, three, whatever it was. And there, there, there was no doubt in their mind, this is the play that they're going to run. They had it sniffed out from the beginning. There's also a play, I think it was in the third quarter, but I'm not sure, uh, where we decided to try, lo and behold, a typical screen, which is something that I would like to see us do a little more often. But for whatever reason, there were more uh, sea dragons in the area than there were Brahmas in the area, and, it, and the play was completely blown up. There was nothing there. They knew what was happening before we knew what was happening. Uh, to me, that speaks to a defensive coordinator that sat down and watched enough film and got in Jamie uh, and Jaime Elizondo's head so much that he's like, I don't, I know what he's going to call here. Um, it's vanilla. It's predictable. And mm -hmm. I was really concerned. I actually sent Leo a message when we started the game. They made a lot about you're going to see a different offense from San Antonio tonight because they're going to go more with the pass than the run, and they've cut the playbook in half. And I'm like, they took an already vanilla playbook, and they cut that down and made it more simple? That's scary. Like, there already weren't wrinkles in the playbook, and now they've just cut it in half. Does that mean it's going to be even more predictable? And I believe it was. I think the whole offensive scheme was more predictable from beginning to end. And Seattle's defense didn't have any trouble figuring out what we were doing or what we wanted to accomplish and 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 putting the end to it faster and, than they and, could. And given the strength of our running backs, I mean, we, we have mm -hmm. some running backs that right? are feared in the league, and you can't feed the ball to them every time. But I haven't seen enough play action. I haven't seen enough boot outs. Um, I saw one I play action play, and it worked. One time they ran a play action and it worked. And, and I, I'd like to see more boots also. But I, again, yes. I don't think that the quarterback is athletic enough to execute a proper boot um, to where it's going to work. Um, that's another way to mitigate a weak offensive line is get out from behind the offensive line. Um, and so, you know, things like, like I said, running the veer, running boots, running play actions, that's going to be what tricks the defense into committing and giving the quarterback the time he needs that the offensive line is not giving him. And and at the end of the day, it all comes down to an off, like any offense comes down to the strength of your offensive line. If you don't have a line, you don't have an offense. Right. So, right. so that, that said, Jorge and, and Philip and RC and, and those that are with us, that, I mean, that brings a question. So there, there are, there are ways to mitigate, the, the lack of strong line play. And I think I think line play was going to be a question mark for this entire league because of what it is. You know, uh, if, if you're a really good offensive lineman, I mean, those are extremely valuable. So those guys are all on, you know, making big money right now in the NFL. Um, so I think that that was always in an, an, any league that's going to be a developmental league, as as Jorge mentioned earlier, uh, a spring football, anything outside of the NFL, that's going to be your biggest question mark. That's going to be your your biggest deficiency that you have to kind of creatively work around or or, or base your offense around 
uh, planning with what you have. And I think that's where the big struggle is right now with the Brahmas and the coaching staff. So that said, who does that, who does that fall on more? So is, is that Heinz, is that coach Ward? Is that Heinz Ward? Or is that Jaime Elizondo? I think it falls on the coaching staff as a collective. So coach Ward has said he needs to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Changes haven't been made. Um, Jaime Elizondo, um, you know, is in charge of that. That's his offense that he's running and he's doing what he can with what he's got, but he's not, there's no creativity behind how do I work with a weak line? Um, the offensive line coach enough said, um, we have one of those. Is there one of those? <laughs> the the uh, is that your son? Is is that your son's job? Is he the offensive line coach? <laughs> you probably take a thing of from daddy. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean the the receivers coach. Um, I I don't even know if I can fault him because his, the receivers don't even have enough time. But when they do have the time, man. But you got to catch the ball. You got to catch the ball. At least brick hand. Like there's so many open drop passes since the Battlehawks game that I have seen that have been so frustrating that if they would have caught that, they could have easily broken it off for 15, 20 yards. Yeah. Um, you know, right, right across the middle. It's always the same kind of open play. It's a, it's a guy who, who runs five cuts down the middle, right behind between the linebackers and the safeties and they're wide open. And then it bounces right off their hands every single time. And it's the play they're they're wide open. You know, they're shooting themselves in the foot. So I think, to Leo's question, it's a it's the offensive coaching staff as a whole that needs to get it together and and make some fixes. You know, they need to see, okay, our receivers aren't catching, our line is not blocking, you know, our our quarterback doesn't have any time. What do we gotta do to to, to figure this out? Well, I know our, I, I even heard sorry, I even heard some of the announcers say, oh, well, the coach said if he keeps making plays like that, the NFL is going to call him up. So I think on defense, uh, that's a defensive player. They kept saying that about though. What my thing is that I think some of the players are more concerned about what can I do to get noticed for the NFL and not really working as a team together because I don't see cohesiveness at all. So that's a good point. I I think RC might, that, that could be part of why Cohen is throwing the ball into the dirt so much. Like he doesn't want those turnovers. He doesn't want those intercept interceptions on his stat line. Um, th- that could be part of it. I don't know. I'm just saying it, it, it has crossed my mind where there's been some moments where he throws a ball into the dirt where I, I said, well, why not take a shot at this receiver? Yeah, he's covered, but you know, if you might, you might be able to squeeze one in there. Um, so yeah, that goes back again to what this league is, as as Jaime kind of, or as, as sorry, uh, Jorge kind of said earlier. Um, this is a, a developmental league, you know, meant you know, primary focus is on these guys getting to the NFL. Um, but it's also entertainment. It's also a competitive. You know, they want to be competitive. They want to entertain. So there's kind of a fine balance there, where I think you know this is year one. And the league and the coaches are are still trying to figure that balance out of how much is this of putting guys in situations where they can show the talent that they have 
so that they could be called up versus how much is this where I'm going to try and win the game. Um, as, as Jorge said, said earlier, and I don't think the XFL at this point, so I don't think every team has figured that out yet. In my opinion, I don't think they've kind of figured out what, which, which side of that they want to be more, more on. And maybe it's certain uh, within the organization, certain coaches, because it's a coaching staff. It's not just one coach. Um, you know, everybody's competitive. I think Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward is very competitive. And you see the frustration in that press conference after the game. You can see the frustration in his face. Um, and it makes you wonder, okay, is he frustrated at the situation? Is he frustrated with himself? Is he frustrated with someone on his coaching staff? I mean, he has a right to be frustrated because uh, things aren't going the way he planned. They, they obviously built this team to be a smash mouth running football team with the running backs that they drafted early and often and not being able to do what it is they planned on doing because they don't have the line to support that offensive game plan. Um, I, I think he's frustrated. So Amanda checking in with us from Beehawks live. Hey, Amanda, she says it's not a, it's not a player issue. It's a coach's issue with communication with the players. I'd like to bring up something that I brought up to Leo and I've seen some other people bring up today um specifically in this league there are four coaches in this league that have zero head coaching experience mm -hmm. their record as a whole is four and 12. if you take out anthony beck with the uh with the beehawks and you leave in uh terrell buckley heinz ward and rod woodson you get one and eleven one Amazing win, and, and that win yeah. was against another first-time coach. That was a win over Terrell Buckley. Uh, so you get one and eleven. Does coaching experience at the head coaching level mean something? Heck yeah, it does. Oh, Hell yeah, Absolutely. yeah. It Big certainly time. does. And and let's be honest, Anthony Beck is three and one, or yeah, they're three and one. He should be one and three. It, like there's there's about yeah. three and a half or four minutes worth of football that makes the difference between three and one and one and three for his team, and they just came out on the right side of those two games. Um, does does having a head coach with some experience like does that mean that I am down on Heinz Ward? I, you know, I think he's less experienced than Reggie Barlow. I think he's less experienced than Wade Phillips or Jim Hazlitt. I think those guys have been through this before. They've had these growing pains as head coach. They've learned to be the CEO of their team. And they 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 figured this out. This is just where Heinz Ward has to go through that fire. And we get to walk through that with him, unfortunately. Brian Winsloff checking in and saying, Reggie Barlow is a coach who seems very calm and collective every time they show him on TV. I got to tell you, at the beginning of the season, People were throwing Reggie Barlow into this group of Terrell Buckley, Heinz Ward, uh, Rod Woodson as guys that did not have coaching experience. He did. He was a head coach of a smaller college, but he was still a head coach of a team. And it is showing. It, it shows on the field because you're right. He is calm. He is collected. He does have his team together. And he has a plan, and he knows what he's doing. Uh that doesn't mean Heinz Ward can't do it. It just means we're going to have growing pains as a fan he's base with, a, with Heinz Ward. And look, he's doing a lot better than Rod Woodson or Terrell Buckley is with this yeah. 
Yep. Because I don't know if you've watched them, but both of those guys at the end of their games have had their head in their hands because they don't know what else to do. Both of those guys have given this. And their teams are bad. Like, they're just Terrible. Yes. Terrible. Um, Vegas might might be okay. Orlando can't do anything this season. They're done. It's bad. Like, they're they're bad. The thing is, is that San Antonio, in every game, thanks to the defense, has shown a level of fight that the other non-experienced head coaches – have not shown right it, yep. we are the team that i mean i will people think i'm crazy but we are the team that had houston on the ropes we shut them out in the second half and mm-hmm. we had a chance to win that game and other than that houston's been blowing through opponents just you know like nothing but when it came to san antonio orlando twice a, I, let's be fair <laughs> well yeah, I yeah. Mean, orlando twice mm-hmm. but it you know every other game they they it's been a fight it has been a fight with San Antonio. And oh, yeah. so I, I, I'm curious to see these next two weeks what a college head coach in Bob Stoops, who has he's never coached at the professional level, what that's going to translate to against a team that has fight in them mm-hmm. and that is hungry, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, as much as, you know, people will say one and three, like how much hunger do you really have? From what I've seen, especially on the defense, the Brahmas are still hungry. They know mm-hmm. that they have an opportunity, a golden opportunity in front of them, be going up against a, and I'm going to say it, a not good Arlington. Team. No, Arlington is yeah. not any better than San Antonio. They're, they're not. I would argue that they're worse. Like they're, right. they, they, they do not have consistency. They're, they're, they're just not good. Um, from what I've seen, when I've seen them play, and this is not just me hating on them because they're from Dallas or whatever. No, they're just not good. Um, and, you know, I really think that this is where we're going to be able to see the non-experience versus the college coaching and see what's going to come out on top, you know. Along that line, NFL experience. along that line, Amanda brings up a great point. She says, at least Hein Ward shows ownership in it, though. So here's the difference between Heinz Ward, Terrell Buckley, and Rod Woodson to me. Terrell Buckley has made it very public. He blames his players. Players, yep. Rod Woodson has made it very public. He blames the officials. The officials, yep. Heinz Ward comes out and says, this is on me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is a head coach. That's what a head coach yes. does. Even when it's not on them, they come out and they go, hey, don't blame my guys. Don't blame the officials. Blame me. Uh, blame, I'm, I'm the one. I'm the man. I'm 40. Blame me, uh, in the words of, of Gundy up there in uh, at Oklahoma State. Um, blame me. And Heinz Ward has been willing to do that. Uh, yeah. And very, I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. There, there's a very clear difference there. Um, in leadership, I think. Yes. And, 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 you know, uh, Hazlitt and, um, um, uh, Wade Phillips. Yes. Both complimented Heinz Ward. They did. After the game. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, recorded on live television. And I don't think they're blowing steam up Heinz Mm -hmm. Ward, you know, it just because, you know, they, they won the game. They, they, they give him legitimate credit for, what he's done with the team that he has and having them prepared and having them, you know, with, with a fight in them, because Mm -hmm. those guys know they had to battle to win those games, despite the, 
deficiencies, uh, you know, along the line, despite, you know, the advantages that they're, that they clearly had in coaching, they knew that they, they, they were going to be in a battle before the game going into the game. And then they had all they could handle during the game. Uh, both those, those offenses, which have scored, you know, a, a lot of points against other teams uh, could barely muster a, a, a touchdown, you know, against, yeah. against the Brahma's defense. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's just coach speak just to, just to be friendly and professional. I think they mean what they say when they're complimenting Heinz Ward. All right. So let's take the Seattle game. Let's put a bow on it and say none of us were happy with the offensive performance. It's no. been two straight weeks of that. The defense is playing well. Special teams is good. We need to see some changes in the offense. Everything is on the on the board. Everything is everything you can change. Hey, Vegas made a change at offensive coordinator. Maybe we need to do that. Uh, and I'm, I'm willing to say maybe that needs to happen. Uh, quarterback can change. Scheme can change. Offensive coordinator can change. But something's got to change. So we put a bow on that. None of us liked it. It was bad. We felt bad about it. It is what it is. But Brian Winsloff brings up a point here. And I want, uh, Jorge, you to weigh in on this because he says, I'm tired. Oh, yeah of all the negative comments and people giving up on the Brahmas. Uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this because Ooh, I have oh seen God. so much on social media over the past uh, 48 hours or so of people saying, I'm not paying to see that. I'm trying to sell my tickets. Can I get a refund? Uh, because I'm not going out to the the dome for that. And then in the midst of all that, uh, you, Jorge, come up and made a comment that was ultimately the reason I reached out to you today and said, hey, can you come on the show? Because I love this attitude. And this is the attitude that San Antonio fans need to have. And not just Brahma fans, San Antonio fans. I'm not a Spurs fan. I'm from the Metroplex. Jorge, you and I got to discuss all of that because I know you hate us guys that are from the Metroplex. Um, but I'm not a Spurs fan, but I watch you Spurs fans, and I got to tell you, you're great fans when everything looks good and all things are rosy, but when things get tough, you don't look as good as fans, and if you don't know that, you need to really take a good look in the mirror, and that's beginning to happen here with the Brahmas as well. So, Jorge, what are your thoughts on giving up on the Brahmas, getting your money back from your season tickets? What are your thoughts? So, it is one of the most ridiculous things. So I'm going to tell you right now, um, I've already started investing in upgrades to my, to my charro suit, which <laughs> go into the thousands of dollars of upgrades. Um, and that's how much I believe in this team. I have an appointment on April 8th to get a Brahma's tattoo. That's how much I believe in this team. Oh my. I don't care if they've, if they've, if the league folds, like I've, I've enjoyed the ride thus far that can I'm I ask where it's going to be? It's going to be right here. And it's going <laughs> to be Brahma's logo with wearing a sombrero because that's my, Oh, that's cool. Is a sombrero. So like, I, like I've told my wife that mama, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, I hate my <laughs> tattoos. um, but yeah, so like, that's how much I strongly am invested in this team. I've even told them, to their faces at the front office, I've said, if you all offer me a job, I will quit my job on Monday and I work for you. That is how much I am invested in this team. And the thing is, is that it's the same fan base 
saying that I'm giving up on the Brahmas that will also go to the Alamo Dome and fill it to 65,000 people to watch the Spurs get demolished by Golden State and then <laughs> go on a 17-run losing streak. We win a game, and then they say, what the hell? Why did we win the game? Like, we're here to tank. <laughs> like, so which, which is it? Like, are, do you, do you want to be a competitive sports city, or do you want to tank and hopefully get the next Tim Duncan? And so, like, it's, like, make up your minds here, people. Like, either you're in or you're out. Like, you, this hopscotch thing, it, it bugs me so much. Like, I understand the frustration. I understand we want to win championships. But this is also, this is, this, this, this right here is an opportunity for us to say, you all have made a mistake by overlooking San Antonio. You look at San Antonio FC, I was a season ticket holder. I bought season tickets for them before they even had a team name. You know, as soon as I said the, they're, they're the Spurs soccer team based in San Antonio, I, I went out, I was one of the first 50 people to buy season tickets. Did you go to Scorpions those, games? I did go to Scorpions games. Those were fun and those, too. The, and, and I mean, those were fun, but even for like San Antonio FC, those first few seasons were rough. I mm-hmm. mean, we weren't great. We just won the championship and they're selling out the stadium, you know, and like the, the home the home opener was this past week. They had a great turnout. Great for them, you know, and like you said, Philip, like we cannot just support a winning team. We need to support our, our teams regardless. And that's one of the things that San Antonio is very, very known for is we are a very loyal city. We love our sports teams. Um, now, the one thing that I do think is holding back the Brahmas from really being part of like that Spurs mentality that the people from here have, they're not here. You know, they're in Arlington. Um, we get mm-hmm. to see the team in person, maybe once, twice. We're going you know, to, we'll see them this Saturday. We met them once before. Um, but I think once we have more of a community presence, that will change. Which will come with time. I mean, this is time. Again, yeah, you're 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 one of the league, but people giving up on the team, um, especially at this point when you win the next two games, you're in the playoffs. Um, and not to mention, of the following games that we have, we have what six games left. We have two two against Dallas. We have a bad Vegas team. We have Orlando. That's four wins very possible wins mm-hmm. we have a fight against houston in the alamo dome mm-hmm. and then we have a fight against dc where they're not going to have their precious beer snake they're going to be <laughs> at our fiesta they're not going to work our fiesta our beer snake's going to be going from the tower of the americas all the way to the alamo dome that's how crazy this city's going to be during fiesta you add football to the mix like come on it's 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 there. It's all the, the ingredients are there. Part of it is going to come from us as fans supporting them because having spoken with these players myself, they have told me firsthand they feed off of our energy. For when sure. they come to the Alamo Dome, they love seeing the black and the yellow, and they love hearing being, they love to be cheered for. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Like, it's, 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 
it's frustrating to see that people are already getting ready to give up because this is when they need us the most, especially when we've been on the road for the past three weeks and they're finally coming home. Right. They, they need us just as much as we need them. Amanda Rodell is uh, the co-host of Beehawks Live. She said, I wish I could come on your show right now to say one thing. Well, you know what? Uh, we listen. We listen when we hear those kind of things. So we're going to bring her in. Amanda, what one thing do you need to say to uh, the Smoking Guns posse uh, okay. gathered around talking about this? This isn't what I have to say because I'm losing my – I lost my voice at the game. So don't judge <laughs> I bet. Me. I know the feeling. <laughs> but let me just say, the Brahmas gave the Battlehawks seriously, like, a run for their money. All because of one decision by the coaches – is what made that game completely change. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Like, right. had that decision to switch out, you know, by Heinz Ward, right? But he owned it. Like I was saying earlier, he owned it. When he switched out his D-line right there at the end, that's the only reason why we won that game. Had that not happened, y'all would have won. Because if you look sure. at the stats of yep. that game, it really was not in the Battlehawks' favor at all. No. no. Yeah. At all. No. So, honestly, like, I'm just, I just had to say that because that was y'all's game. Amanda, you, you were. I left. I left. Uh, before <laughs> was even yeah, that's right. You did. <laughs> Amanda. I, I was already in the parking lot. I was like, no, no. I'm you... done. Everybody was, everybody was like. Uh, boo, blah, 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 you know, like the normal stuff, which I'm fine with, right? And all I could do is go, mm, at the end, because I'm like, I have nothing to say. And then I said to the guy in front of us, I said, I have nothing bad to say to you guys right now, because y'all deserve to win this game, because we look terrible. And then I'm in the parking lot, next thing I know, we won. <laughs> like, there's no, I mean, all because of, like I said, one decision that was made, and in the end, Heinz Ward still owns that. Right. And showing true leadership is not by taking your headset off and throwing it on the sidelines and cussing out your players. Right. Mm -hmm. That is not teamwork. That's not ownership. There's nothing about that. So the record shows for itself when it comes to them and when it comes to how they are with their players. You can't get mad at a record when your behavior is also that way too. So... Amanda, how crazy was the Dome in St. Louis this week, yesterday? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Can I say this, too? I have to say this. So, in y'all's defense, too, your, your experience, right, at your stadium was phenomenal from start to finish, okay? You guys had, like, a photo booth with, like, balloons, and you had all this stuff. It was amazing. In St. Louis, there was nothing, Right. Y'all's field experience, too, people could actually stand on the sidelines. In St. Louis, you literally had to walk. All you did was walk around, and they're like, okay, guys, keep it moving. I'm like, mm. what? You're going to rush me on the field right now to see my team? You know what I mean? Right. I, I couldn't believe it. So the game was awesome, right? Watching the game, being around all the fans, cheering, that was great, clearly, because I have no voice, right? <laughs> But we've all been there. Jacqueline yeah. Hyena, as Dirty would say, is going to be <laughs> almost null and void when I'm on the show, I'm going to say. <laughs> Which she'll probably be happy about, but I don't care. Right. <laughs> but 
all I'm saying is, is from your fan base there and everything that you guys stand for there and how you guys like just everything from the tailgate to the time you enter the stadium to how fans were with, you know, us when we came, I mean, unbelievably, probably by far, and I can honestly say this, was the best experience out of any game I've been to to date. That's incredible. The best. And you've been, I went to D.C. Yeah, you've been in Arlington. You've been in D.C. You've obviously been in St. Louis here in San Antonio. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how but, terrible I mean, was honestly, the Arlington? Honestly, I'm just saying like that. <laughs> you guys you guys were by far the best. By far the best. She is a co-host with uh, Dirty on Beehawk Live. They record on Wednesdays on Facebook Live the same way we do here. Uh, they got a great show. Uh, if you can, as long as you don't pay attention to Dirty, they got a great show. Um, He's an idiot. <laughs> we appreciate you jumping on. Thanks for hanging out Thank with you, us Amanda. for a few minutes. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. So you know, it's it's because of Dirty that I had to even make a bet that I lost. <laughs> no, I saw that. Thanks, thanks, Dirty. <laughs> on that note, I like I like to to kind of say my piece. Uh, piggybacking off of what Amanda said. Go ahead. And uh, and I'm going to go on a little rant here. Uh, I mean, th- this is this is going to be my my two or three minutes of, of being angry and getting in your face. So, which I, I tend to do from time to time. But like like Amanda said, big compliment to us, to the fans of San Antonio. Th- coming from a Battlehawks fan, huge Battlehawks fan that just huge. got out of their first. Think about this. That was their first home game of the season. Yes. They've waited four weeks. Four weeks. Had 40,000 people there. Yeah, to have that game. And they had 40,000 people there. You know why they had 40,000 people at that that stadium? You know why? Because they're ride or die. They want to support their team. But you know what? They had 40,000 people there, 38,000, whatever the number was, to beat us. That's why, because we laid the gauntlet down at the beginning of the season and we had witnesses come down from St. Louis and saw what this fan base is capable of and said, holy crap, guys, San Antonio is legit. The fan base in San Antonio, we thought they were just talking smack. We were laughing. We were saying, ah, they, you know, they, they, they talk to talk, but they're not going to they're not going to be able to to back that up. And then we came down here and they blew us away because that's what we're capable of, right? As a San Antonio fan base for a team that we were excited about come week one. Now here we are four weeks later, we're one in three. We've had our, our struggles. Our offense is not what we want it to be. Some people would say it sucks. Okay, fine. I've seen some comments out there that is nonsense and this team is trash. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm done. It's not worth it. This and that, you know what? Shame on you guys. Like that's not what this is. If about. that's you get out of here. I, I, I say get out of here, but I also, as, as a, as a fellow San Antonian, a fellow, you know, uh, a San Antonio brother or primo, like I say, the primos, you know, you also sometimes you have the little the little primos that they think they're all that or they know what's up and they don't. You just have to go and smack them across the head 
and tell them, hey, that's not the way we do things around here. And, and some of these some of these people need a smack across the head. Like that, that's not what we're about. We're here to support this team. It doesn't matter what the record says. We need to show the world what San Antonio is about. We need to show the world, the rest of the country, the the, the fan base that we're here. And, and like Jorge said earlier, that they were wrong about us, that we can support a team here and we can be passionate. If you want to compare to the NFL, this isn't the NFL. This is the XFL. It's, to, it's a completely different animal. But you want to look at fan bases. We've talked about look at the Cleveland Browns and how bad and how long they've been not good. And do you see – that fan base uh, waning? Do you see that stadium empty? Heck no. Why? Because they're fans. They're true fans, and they support their hometown. They support that family, or as RC has coined the term way back in the in the in the Commanders days, family. That's family. what we are. We're the primos. Like, I mean, if you can relate to that, to that culture, the Hispanic culture, when you're growing up, if you had a family member that was going to get into an altercation, a fight with somebody over something stupid because we're kids and we do stupid stuff. But you didn't, you didn't just like, Oh man, you're going to get your butt kicked. So I'm going to go stand over here on the corner and hide. No, man, you got in there with the family. You were there with your primos. You were there. You know, you got your, your family's back no matter what. And that's what this fan base needs to be. That's what it needs to show up and show out and say what San Antonio and San Antonio football fans are about. We're not about like, oh, the quarterback, he doesn't have any desire. He can't run. He can't do this. He can't do that. Oh, the offense sucks. I'm going to stay home. I'm like, can I sell my tickets? Can I get my money back? Shame on you. This is me smacking you across the head until you wake up, man. Support your team. This is, this is our team. This is San Antonio Brahmas. And we're through thick and thin, ride or die. That's the type of fan base we need to be. We're not weak. Stop being weak. RC. That's my my rant. Thank you, Leo, for that. That's the most you've talked in a long time. So, yay, (laughs) He's passionate. He's passionate. And we all are. We all are. And what I was going to say, kind of adding to what Leo said, you know, you can't look at this as just a team or just a game or just a quarterback or just a player. We are a culture of football. And we're crying and whining. We never get a team. We never get a team. San Antonio needs, we get a team. And right away, some people are ready to run away. We're ride or die. Amanda said that. We've said that before. It's not just the team. It's not just the player. It's the culture. And if we want football to stay here in San Antonio, we can't be so quick to just throw in the towel. I mean, we have to, I mean, we do it with our kids, right? There could be. Lost every game. We don't say, okay, son, well, that's it. You suck. No. You say, okay, well, there's always next year, right? Look at all these Cowboy fans. Oh, there's always next year. They don't throw in the towel. They hey, look. I don't want to. Look, I'm a Cowboy fan. You can see it behind me. I'm a yes. Dallas Cowboy fan. I do not want a San Antonio Brahmas fandom <laughs> that is like the Dallas Cowboy fandom. Please know if that's the kind of fan you're going to be. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> um, Cowboys fans drive me crazy. If you know anything about me, you do. Uh, so here's the thing. If you're going to give up, if you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to any more games this season. I'm not going to spend my money on it. I don't want to be around it. They're no good. They're losers. It's fine. You do your thing. I can't tell you what to do with your money. I can't tell you what you should enjoy. I, I'm not that guy anyway. You do what you want to do. But do not. 
come back in here next season or next year or later this season when everything turns around and be like, I've been here since the beginning. No, you <laughs> haven't. You gave up. You walked away. You're a fair weather bandwagon fan. Own it. Be a bear, be a fair weather bandwagon fan and own that and say, yeah, I gave up on them. But now that they're good again, I'm back. Fine. Say that. But don't you dare come in here pounding your chest and being like, we were here since the beginning. No, you weren't. You were talking about how bad Jack Cohen is and how you need to sell your season tickets and how you're not going to pay any money to go see it. And nine o'clock is too late. Look, the XFL fixed it. They moved it up an hour. Some of you were even not, not happy with that. Like eight o'clock is still too late. Why can't we do seven? Shut up. Shut up. Good God. Shut up. You sound like Dallas Cowboys fans. You are Dallas Cowboys fans. They moved it up an hour for you, but 9 o'clock shouldn't have been a problem. We've been telling you for weeks. Schedule your PTO off because the, the, the Brahmas are coming back in town, and it's a late game. We don't have any control over it. It is what it is. But, you know, schedule your PTO for Monday and be at the Dome and rock the Dome on uh, Sunday the 19th. And y'all still just want to complain. So that's fine. Do your complaining. Sell your season tickets. Spend your money and don't show up on a Sunday night. But when the team gets better, don't come in and say, I've been here since the beginning. Because you haven't. You gave up on them. And I'm going to call you out. I'm going to keep the receipts. And I'm going to call you out on it when you start that crap. No, And at the end of the day, you know, it's all about this is an experience. This is mm-hmm. like... This is something that San Antonio has wanted for so long. And I'll never forget, like, when I I made the last-minute decision, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to Houston. I went by my – well, I went with, with another with another fan, um, with, with Steve, but, like, my family didn't go with me, and I didn't expect them to. Um, and I went to Houston. I drove there, sat on Sunday, uh, got there, was extremely disappointed by their tailgate. Uh, if you can't tell by the pictures that I've posted of an empty parking lot. Um, but um, I woke up the next day at 4 a.m. so that I could drive back to San Antonio and be in this chair that I'm sitting in to work at 8 a.m. Now, did I need a lot of this right here? Absolutely. <laughs> I needed a lot of it that day. And that entire week was very difficult. Uh, to get just to catch up, but it's an experience that I'm still talking about to this day. I had so much fun. Like, was it a loss? Absolutely. Yeah, we lost, but I had so much fun being there. I got, you know, the fans of Houston loved me being there. I got to meet, you know, Mrs. Hines Ward. She was yep. a sweetheart. Yep. Like, Hey, RC I, got I, to I, talk to her too. I did too. She's the nicest lady ever. Like I was just, I mean, I was just blown away, and this is, this is where you know I I I make the the judgment call of okay, I can either sit on the sidelines and watch this happen and then regret not not being a part of it, or I can make it an experience. And honestly, this season, and I've said it to multiple people, I've been to the World Cup in person in Brazil, the soccer capital of the world. This season of XFL football compares to the memories that I've made to the memories I've made at the World Cup. And this is coming from, I've been to Green Bay as a, as a Packers fan. I've been, I've caught a Lambo leap. I've had the tour. I've seen Aaron Rodgers' locker right there where I could almost touch it. 
you know, I, I you know, when yeah, when I saw Lambo Field for the first time, I cried because I had no other emotion. The only time I'd ever seen it was in Madden. Um, right. And but the experiences that I've had with the XFL and the belief that they've put into San Antonio, like I've these memories are going to live with me forever. And like I said, to, com- to even even compare it to the world cup people call me crazy and i'm like well you don't know because you haven't been to a game you haven't experienced it like i have but it's true like it's what you make of it and i'm one in three i went to go watch mexico tie to brazil zero zero had the time of my life almost got killed um but i'm still here and you know i'm the same way in san antonio i'm I'm about to go to Arlington, you know. I'm about to go to Las Vegas. I'm about mm-hmm. to. I'm. A, I'm going to be at every single game from here on out for the rest of the season. I'll see and you there, Jorge. I, that's right. And and you know what? And that's another thing is I don't know of another fan base that has organized like we have to go to someone else's house and say this is our section. They this tried. Is section. They tried in St. Louis, and they could not put it together. Um, they ended up having a few fans come this way, but they could not put it together. Um, here's the thing. If you're one of those fans that is like, ooh, they're one in three, they're not very good, I'm not spending my money, what did you expect? Did you honestly expect that you were going to become a Brahmas fan and they were going to go 10-0 and and win the championship this year and they were going to go 10-0 and and win the championship next year? Did you expect them to win every single game? that they played? Did you expect that there wasn't going to be hard times? Is that the kind of person you are where, oh, you fell on hard times. I, I'm not with you anymore. It's easy. Um, it's got to be easier. I'm out. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. easier. I can't be a fan. Man, be a fan. If you're a fan, be a fan. Um, show up at the Dome. Look, 9 o'clock wasn't that late. Let's be honest. If you couldn't stay up from 9 to midnight for a football game, you you got you got other issues. You're start. I'm I'm an old man, and you're really starting to get old. If nine o'clock was too late for a football game, but the XFL fixed it. They heard us. They said, "Ooh, they don't like that it's a nine. Okay, we'll bump it up to eight o'clock. That's the best we can do to still stay out of the March Madness madness and still have a football game with decent viewership. We'll move it up. We'll put it at eight o'clock." And I see people today that are like, I'm I'm thinking about canceling my ESPN Plus because $10 is too much to pay for this stuff. I, man, come on. Are you kidding me? If you're a fan, be a fan. If you're not a fan, like, I don't know why you're watching the show or listening to the show. But if you're listening to the show and you're showing up on, on uh, uh, Sunday night in the Dome, be a fan. Um, RC, what you got? So, you know, I was thinking I'm probably one of the oldest people on the show right now. Um, And we had the mentality back in the day that if something didn't work, you try to fix it. You took it apart. You did this. You did that. You asked people for help. Nowadays, when something doesn't work, everyone's real quick to throw it away. Oh, I'll just get a new one. Oh, I'll just get a new one. We can't have that mentality. We need to have that old-fashioned mentality. If it's not working, we'll stick around. We'll try something new. We'll change it, and we're going to make it work. You know, people who put scotch tape and duct tape here and this, and to make it work. Nowadays, it doesn't work. Boom, it's out. So I think I, that's the mentality we need to go back to. I can relate to that, RC, and I'm I'm just going to throw in a little 
a shameless uh, self plug, or actually, it's it's props to Lolis to to my wife that I'm putting out there. It's like a marriage, right? There's going to be challenges. There's going to be some some tough times. There's going to be compromises. There's going to be times where you're you're not doing things that you really want to do, but you're doing it because you're you're helping your your partner. You're doing that, and I just Lois and I just celebrated our 28 year anniversary congratulations congratulations thank you there's my selfish uh uh my selfish self plug but actually that's giving props to lolis for putting up with this guy for 28 years mad props to her and i'm a lucky man that that she's she's been able to do that and is willing to continue doing that and i love her for it but it's it's kind of like that you, you you're in a relationship you're in a commitment here with this team and and you know it's it's not always going to go the way you want but i mean if that's the type of person you are and you want to just you know turn around and walk away from it i guess that's your right but i just don't get it i don't understand it at all let's be really really clear here um i think leo kind of said it the best like it wasn't going to be easy all the time uh, the games weren't going to be at the best time that you uh, could fit it into your schedule. Like, nothing works that way. Nobody builds their schedule for you and you alone. You can't do that. It may fit. It may not. Um, but here is a chance. Like, you, you're you griping and complaining, those of you that are griping and complaining, about a 1-3 and three team. Now, you have an active ability to affect the game. Being in the stands, you actively have the ability to affect the gameplay on the field. And you're going to turn that down, and then you're going to bitch about them being one and three? Like, you have the ability as they come into the Dome on a game they need. They need to win this game. And you have the ability to come in and make it so hard on Arlington. Did you watch what Arlington had to do uh, this week as they went into the Battle Dome up there in St. Louis? where they had to go to uh, silent counts and did not do that very well. They were discombobulated on offense. We can do the same thing to them here. Yes, we can. We can do exactly the same thing. We can cause false starts. We can make them use timeouts because they can't communicate. We can affect this game. You have that power to make this team two and three. Uh, And you're going to turn that down and then complain about them? Not no only that, you have the power to do that in Arlington as well because there is a contingent, a growing contingent of Brahma's fans driving from San Antonio to Arlington. And we have, like I mentioned earlier, our very own section that I have coordinated with the Renegades themselves. They want us up there, obviously, because it's like, Help us. We can't sell tickets. Can you fill <laughs> our seats a little bit? But um, A lot of stuff going on in the Metroplex. It's hard to sell XFL football <laughs> up there. Uh, but we have a chance to go in and make Choctaw Stadium, Alamo Dome 2. How Alamo awesome. North. How incredible would it be to just bug them to the point that they make some mistakes, they cause some problems, and... Uh, they they just they come out of this game with a loss and they go well at least next week we're going to be in our own stadium and we won't have to put up with that again and then they Bro. show up 
And then they show up the next week and we're right there in their face again. And they're like, how do we get away from these people? It's like a nightmare. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's like a nightmare. They're following us around. Like that damn mariachi guy keeps yelling and he won't shut up. And it's like, yep. Yes. I ain't going anywhere. Correct. Uh, it's so simple. Like, it's so easy. Like, be a fan or don't be a fan. Uh, Robert Rankin's going to be up there with you guys in Arlington. Uh, he said he'll be up at Arlington. Uh, and, and I mean, like the, those people who are who are saying they want a refund. Let me let me let me tell you something about how upset I I just got over something that I got. I moved on. I I'm, I'm still going to Arlington. In order to make this trip happen, I had to put down four hundred and twenty-five dollars of my own money as a deposit to secure a group rate at a discount for the Brahmas fans, which I said. Okay, here you go. Put it down. So I put down almost $500 of my money. People started buying. I get a call this past Friday saying, hey, you know what? The XFL is actually running a promotion that's cheaper than our group rate that we're going to honor for you. Um, so tickets right now are going anywhere between 25 30 bucks, I think, with a ticket master. With a ticket master tax, it comes out to like 33 and change or something like that. But... I still had to put down $425 of my own money up front to just secure a group rate. And I got screwed. I got hosed over by Dallas. What could I expect? It's Dallas. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's, uh, you know, that is the type of commitment that I want to see from this city is that, look, things ain't going to go your way. Things didn't go my way. I lost money off of this big time but i moved on i'm going i'm gonna have a good time it's an experience it, it cost me a little bit more than the guy who sits next to me so be it at least i'm sitting next to my own people right thank you for that so uh by the way how do they are there still is there still ability to climb on to your group absolutely yeah all you got, so so what do they need to do to be a part of that all you have to do there's a pin post at the top of the xfl Brahma's fan page on Facebook. You or you can call the ticket office, the Renegades ticket office, and ask for Kent Fulkerson. Kent is the is the Renegades ticket rep who is working directly with me um, and with our group to get us together in one section. You call Kent, say I want to sit in the Brahma Mariachi section. He'll know what to do from there. He will get you the tickets. Those tickets will then be transferred to me to my account. And you can ask anybody who has bought tickets. They have gotten transferred to them within minutes of me being told, hey, I bought tickets. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. And within five minutes, they have their tickets. So I am on it like a fly on poop. Like I, like, I'm, 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 yeah, whatever. You just call Kent and I will take care of you. You have the number to Kent? Yeah, I can, I, I can, I don't know, do, if we have the power to chat, but if not here, I can pull it up real quick. And here, I pulled this up so you can see, this is the San Antonio Brahma's XFL fans. If you go look for that page, if you're not already on it, I don't know what you're doing wrong. Get on that page and look at this. Very first Our thing that'll run across. Right there, the Arlington Takeover. It's got all of your information there, phone numbers there. Uh, 
469-640-4416. There it or is. you can email him. Ken Fulkerson at XFL.com. Trust me, he wants us there. They want us up there. They And they have said, if we can get to 50 fans, they'll throw in some extra perks. They got to clear it with the Bronx. Oh, wow. Of course, like, I don't want, I don't, I, like, if they said, yeah, we'll get you Bob Stoops to come by. I, I, I mean, what, you're going to give him a tomato to throw at him too or what? Like, uh, like, they, they want us there. You know, they, they want us to come. They want us to, to do, they're, they're willing to do whatever it takes for us to go. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. And how many fans do you have now going? Right now, I think, let me see. I can actually tell you the exact number because I have all the tickets that have been transferred and stuff. So right now I have 22 total total tickets, 22 okay. total fans that are going, which for me is a win because mm-hmm. – I mean, that's 22 people from San Antonio that are willing to, to make the drive up to Arlington, have a good time at the stadium, and then drive back after the game, unless they're going to stay there. But, you know, that's that's 22 people that are going to be there making noise for the wrong team in Choctaw Stadium. And I can guarantee you that those 22 fans are going to be loud and rowdy. I've, I've been sure. describing the San Antonio fan base as loud, rabid, and rowdy, and I take it back to the to the Battlehawks game. There's there the the tackle. I will not ever forget this. The tackle for the for the offensive line for the Battlehawks, the right tackle. He used to play for the Commanders, and he was warning the team: mm-hmm. these people are crazy. It is going to be loud. We <laughs> need to be careful. Um, and I, I, you know. I haven't heard that from other fan bases. I've heard, oh, yeah, they're going to do a beer snake. I've heard, oh, yeah, there's going to be 34,000 people in there. But I haven't heard, uh, we need to be careful because these people are crazy. And then, I mean, Houston, for me, is probably the most disappointing fan base because they also were, they, they were pulling on Arlington with San Antonio. They gave us those $20 tickets and said, Hey guys, help us fill out our stadium, please. They, and we and did. They left, then some of them left early, and some of them left yeah, early. We they did. All the Brahma fans stayed there till the yeah, very end. Almost way like, too late. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, almost too late. So we already had Amanda. Ch- oh, he just jumped out. I was fixing to let Dirty come on because Amanda already checked in, and Dirty's like, "Ooh, let me on," and then he jumped right back out. So maybe he'll jump in here in a second. Um, come on, Dirty. I, I gotta tell you. Going to your home stadium and walking onto the field of your home stadium to booze would be really disheartening. <laughs> would be yeah. a really disheartening thing to walk onto your home stadium and hear enough people that you're hearing booze. That would be pretty incredible. Dirty, checking in with us. What do you got, Dirty? What's up, Dirty? Can you guys hear me? Yes, I can. All right. So here's what I got to say. I'm going to talk more about the St. Louis fan base and all that tomorrow on our show, right? Can I get a cheap plug real quick? Yeah, get it. 11 o'clock Central Standard Time, X-Fan Show. Me and the A-Train are going to talk about it. But I got to say this. What you guys are doing down in San Antonio is definitely rivaling what we are doing here in St. Louis, right? 
You yeah. guys, I tried to get, like, like you guys said, I tried to get a trip to San Antonio, but the bums in St. Louis couldn't afford the tickets. Here, I'm even going to give you a, I'm even going to give you a little tip. We were going to get free tickets if I could have gotten people to come to St. Louis. But guess what? The bums in St. Louis couldn't even do it. They didn't even want to spend the money to come to St. down to San Antonio. I got I got a thing working with in Vegas, but nobody wants to do it. What you guys are doing in San Antonio with the way you guys are traveling, yeah, I mean you guys do have three teams within 5 hours of each other. That's beside the point. That's an advantage. But what you guys are doing, the traveling, unbelievable. You guys are possibly the best traveling fan base there is in the XFL. Hands down. I'll say it. That's why you guys are better than the St. Louis fan base. Wow. Thank you for that compliment. compliment. Thank Thank you. you. Listen, if you don't like it, I don't really care. It's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty is the host. And we have better food, right? Right. Talk about the food. Better food, better food, better. Well, I don't know about the tailgating experience. Did you guys see our pictures? I mean, looks like I y'all had fun. We, it was I'm, bashing, I'm not bashing the promise. All I had to do is I'm listening to Jorge. I'm listening to you guys talking about traveling. And I got to say, you guys are doing a way better job than any of us are here in St. Louis with traveling and getting it all together and all that stuff. For some reason, St. Louis doesn't want to travel. They don't want to support the league. And I'm going to give you guys another speculation. Are you ready? Shoot. When you guys are at home and we're at home, we will easily, that weekend, the Brahmas and the St. Louis, easily will pull it, put in butts in seats, 60,000 people between those two home games. Just in St. Louis and San Antonio alone. Mark my words, over 60,000. Dirty, Dirty is the host of the X-Fan show. That is Tuesdays and Thursdays, yeah? And then he's on Beehawk Live with uh, with Amanda. And that's on Wednesdays. So you get three straight days of uh, X-Fan and Beehawk Live. You can get dirty for three straight days. How about that? Part of the X-Fan nation along with... Uh, don't, with Phil, us. don't cut yourself short, man. This is for... You get four straight days of good quality XFL football talk. For sure. On Mondays. Definitely. Arlington says, get off this show, man. So we're going to kick you off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dirty. We love Dirty, Amanda, Arlington, all those guys that are doing great work over there in the St. Louis and Houston area because Arlington's down in Houston. Uh, Arlington is in Houston. (laughs) <laughs> we've got uh we've got so let's talk let's transition for a second because we talked a lot about off the field stuff but let's transition for a second and talk about on the football field we've got a game coming up against arlington and i gotta tell you any offensive production whatsoever any anything at all and i don't think there's a way we lose this game like, they don't have an offense that scares me. They do not have a defense that scares me. They We've got better special teams. Um, if we can get any sort of offense at all, um, if we can get any power in our bats, if I can mix metaphors a little bit, if we can get anything, I don't think there's a chance in the world we lose this game on Saturday, on Sunday night. Am I wrong? 
No, no not at all. You can't count the Brahmas out on any game mm-hmm. left on the schedule because of that defense. If the offense starts to make some strides, then the rest of the XL is on notice, right? Uh, and, and if the defense can start getting some turnovers, which they've been good mm-hmm. at, but if we can get some more timely turnovers on, you know, the, the other side of the sure. field where we've got a short field, then then that spells trouble too. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not the, – the Arlington offense doesn't scare me. Uh, Slaughter doesn't scare me no. one little bit against, against uh, this Brahma's defense. What I find really interesting is uh, – like I say, any any offensive production, a touchdown. Gosh, if we could get two touchdowns, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be a blowout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arlington doesn't scare me. Arlington is is a decent ish football team, but unless there is something uh, that that they're Bob Stoops, than Orlando, they are better than Orlando. I think oh, they're yeah. better than good. Vegas. But I don't think they're better than San Antonio if we get some offensive production. And here's the good news, Brahma's fans. Um, and if you stuck with us this long as we've berated people who are not Brahma's fans, you are. Uh, you are part of the primos. If you're a Brahma's fan, you want the really good news? Ask 100 coaches, 100 head coaches in the NFL and uh, the XFL and college football, if one stage of your game plan of the, of the three stages of the game plan wasn't gelling at the beginning of the season which one would you rather it be i guarantee every i guarantee 90 percent of them will say the offense yes if my defense is performing well and my special teams is performing well and it takes us a little longer to get our offensive to offense to gel that's fine because it can offense is one of those things that a switch can get flipped and things can just get better um right away you can't do that on defense like defense doesn't work that way and if you have special teams problems that can destroy your whole team and for some reason special teams is quicksand because it starts dragging the rest of your team down with it when you start having special teams issues we're strong in those two areas offense is the one where you can just kind of i'm not saying we will don't hear what i'm saying and be like phillips said they were just going to flip a switch and get better but you can like that can happen you can all of a sudden find that one combination that one heck quarterback that gives you a spark look at teams that that uh have an injury or for whatever reason change their quarterback in the nfl or in college football and then start going on winning streaks it's one player it's one thing that they change and they get a spark and that just lights things on fire and all of a sudden uh, you've got an offense worth working with. That can happen with your offense, but that'll never you'll never see that happen with a defense. You'll never see, as good as Micah Parsons is, as good as Clay Matthews was back in the day, just injecting them into your defense did not mean all of a sudden you had a top 10 defense in the league. Right? Am I wrong, Jorge? No, nah, you're right. But you can do that on offense. So things aren't as dim as they look. I, it looks bad. We're one and three. We've had no offensive production for two straight games. It looks rough. But really, when you think about it, what would you rather do? Would you rather have a defense that wasn't working and an offense that was lighting up the field? I can tell you there are Denver Broncos fans, Leo can attest, Uh that know that doesn't work. There are Dallas Cowboys fans two years ago that know that doesn't work. 
um, having a good offense and a terrible defense is the worst thing in the world because you can't keep up with a team that can score on you at will. And remember that just two weeks ago when we played Orlando, the day after, I saw so many articles saying Jack Cohn is the secret weapon of the Brahmas. Jack Cohn is yeah. the secret of, of, the NF, of the XFL. He's the best kept secret. And now people are calling for his head. I mean, like, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's not a fickle his fault. thing. It's not his fault. Yeah. It really isn't. Like, it's not, not but I, if that's the change we make, that's the change we make. I'm okay with it. it. it yeah, it, it is. Now, uh, are you, now, Leo, RC, are y'all going to go to the, the meet and greet this weekend at Alamo yeah. Beer? Yeah, I saw your post on that. I had no idea that was going on, but this Saturday I, I'm definitely going to gonna be out there. I, I saw that and I was like... Just announced today, to right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I saw it straight from Alamo Beer, and I got in contact with them because I, I work or I speak very closely with their social media people, um, and they confirmed from 1 to 3 p.m. Um, that there will be a meet and greet. Players and personnel to be determined. Um Yes, this is the mariachi. I swear, I get like the uh, the cart can effect. If I'm not wearing that sombrero, people are like, right, is that? right. Are you, are you is that the guy? I don't think that's him. Uh, but um, but yeah. So Alamo Beer for all you Brahmas fans. This Saturday, there's going to be a meet and greet. Uh, as far as Alamo Beer has confirmed to me, uh, there will be a um, a uh, meet and greet at uh, uh, Alamo Beer. My goal is to get Jack Cohn to smile. So, Leo, I might need help with that. Good luck I, with I, that. I can help you with that, yeah, for sure. Oh, I don't care if we got to tickle him or what. I want him to smile. I want him to have a good time because I, I, I look back at the video, even when I had when I had Coach Ward and, and all, all the guys do the grito with me up on stage. Um, like, he, I could tell he was a little... A little, a little gun shy, a little yeah. reserved. Everyone else was all. If if you look at that video, Coach Ward, as soon as I put the sombrero on him, he was like jumping. He was hyped, and I was like, "This, this right here." Um, but yeah, I want him. I want to. I want to make him smile. I don't care if that's a hug. I don't care if that. Even if one of these, like, perfect. Give me more of that, my man. More of that. Like I just. I see him on the on the field, and I see the frustration on his face, and and I just, my man, have some fun. You wanna have you wanna make Jack Cohen smile? All you gotta do is say, "Hey, Jack, close your eyes for a second, and imagine you have four seconds to throw a pass. <laughs> That'll make him smile. <laughs> He'll love it. That probably That'll make him make smile him so smile big. Sure. <laughs> but you know what? The only time I, I I've seen him smile, I, I forget which game it was. I I, might, I don't think it was Houston. Orlando. Was it Orlando when they hit him out of bounds and he got up? No, that was hit? Houston. That, that was, was Houston. Houston. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He got up smiling. He was like, "That was a good hit. That was a good hit." And he's smiling, and I'm like, "That's the only time I've seen him smile." Well, we don't want to so, hit our quarterback though. But we'll find saw- another way to make him smile. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I won't hit him, but yeah. Go ahead, RC. Well, I saw him smile when I did mention to him at the previous meet and greet about the mom to mom interview. He's like, Oh, my mom would love that. So I know you're listening. So talk to your mom, have her contact me, because this is where we need to talk to the mom. We need to start making those connections 
with people who actually know our players because we don't. We really don't know our players. Right. And we have to start building that relationship. And so if hey, I can see. get any of those players' moms to contact me, we need that. Oh, we man. need that support because we need so, that connection. So moms, do your part. Brag about your sons on the Smoking Guns podcast. Contact right. RC, you and I are going to have to walk around the concourse at um, in Arlington together then because I can't tell you how many players' families have come up to me and introduced. It hasn't been their mamas. It's been, it's been the dads. Um, but they have That's come up okay. and introduced themselves to me. Um, but family members have come up to me multiple times, obviously because of how I'm dressed. Um, and, uh, like, I've offered them tacos. So... I do apologize that the tacos will not be making an appearance at this next tailgate because I am going to be home alone and I don't want to be unloading my truck at midnight by myself. Um, but after that, I will 100% be giving out free tacos again. Um, and um, yeah, so if you want to meet players' families, we're going to have to do a walk around the concourse because uh, you will meet players' families because they will come up to us. Let's... uh. Let's take a second. There is there is a burgeoning conversation happening on Facebook right now in our show, and I want to give it some air to breathe because it's an interesting theory. Now, first, we have to take off our hat of, um, I don't know that it's realism, but we just have to prognosticate a little bit, and sometimes you have to be very positive when you do that. Let's say San Antonio goes through the next three games and wins, which is a possibility. We beat Arlington twice. We beat Vegas. That would leave us with a record of what, math majors? Not here. What are we at? What are we at now? One and three. We're one and three. We win the next three games. That gives us a four, four and three, three, three record. Four and three. Four and three. Brian Winsloff is in our uh, comments right now saying, hey, is there a possibility that Houston, who goes up against Seattle in Seattle and then goes up against Washington, uh, goes up against D.C. in D.C., could conceivably take two straight losses. Those are two pretty decent teams. Yeah. That's not outside the realm of possibility. At that point, even if they win the next game, they would have a record of what? If they lose two games and win the next one, they have a... Same record. So four and two. Four, four and three. Four and two. Four and two. Four and two. Four and two. Yeah. Four and two. I was record be math on the show which know, means we would only be one game behind them as we went into the game Versus here at the alamo dome on uh i believe that's on easter sunday on april 8th is that right is that when that game yeah, is it's, it's, it, the houston game is easter sunday at a good time at two o'clock how cool would that be awesome now, Carlos Trevino, who is our friend, Los Mysterios, steps in and says, that's not possible. I mean, it's, it's possible. It may, possible. It may not happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just, I'm taking off reality for a second. And I'm saying, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it set up really well for an amazing game at the Alamo Dome if all of a sudden it comes down to, hold on, there's only a game separating these two teams and Houston is coming into the Alamo Dome you know, we could have we could have a tied game leaving the Alamo Dome, a tied record leaving the Alamo Dome, as bad as the beginning. Now, do I say that to say, ha, Houston's actually terrible and they're going to get 
Um, they're going to get exposed over the next two games. I don't know. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. What I really want San Antonio fans to take away from that is that's how close things are, though. It looks bad right now when you look at a four and zero and a one and three, and you're like, "Ah, this is terrible." We, can, you know, we're we're fighting for the second spot if we can get it. Yeah, we are, but that doesn't mean that the first spot is out of reach, because Seattle could surprise Houston. And I'm going to tell you this: DC beating Houston would not be a surprise for me. I would, I would, I would say, yeah, that's that's entirely possible. They're a really good team in DC. Yeah. And the the thing is, is is and I've been saying this from the get go is, and I you know I'm not trying to bash the Cowboys or anything about this, but you look at Wade Phillips. It's okay. You can bash. You him. look at Wade Wade Phillips as a head coach. Halfway through the season, the wheels start to get a little wobbly, and as the season gets close to an end, the train starts to come off the track. So it is very possible that Houston loses to two good teams back-to-back, comes into the Alamo Dome on a losing streak, and that game is a toss-up because they're going to want to get back in the win record, but they have to do it in San Antonio on a good time when there's going to be a lot of fans against a rival that is, if we're on a win streak, people are going to come to the game. I got to be... I got to be honest with you. Houston runs a gauntlet. I just looked because there was a game I skipped there because I don't have the schedule memorized. Houston runs a gauntlet here. They have Seattle in Seattle this week. Then they go to D.C. the next week in week six. And then they welcome in the Battle Hawks the next week. All three of those games are tougher opponents than they've seen. They're not Orlando. They're not Orlando twice. Mm -hmm. You know they're not uh, they're not a San Antonio Brahmas team that has no offense. Um, they are they are teams that are going to put up a fight. Going to get and by the way, the Brahmas with no offense kind of put up a fight. No, um, they had their shot at the end. There there is a possibility here that this is a lot closer than anybody would think it is. Sitting here in, after week four, looking at four and zero oh and one and three. Man, this could get tighter. Don't give up yet. Um, now, San Antonio goes out and lays an egg two more games against Arlington. There's always next season. Um, we have to start having that kind of language. But Then it's let's just drink beer and eat tacos and have a good time watching right. football. Still have a great time. But, yep. yeah, the season. But that's how close this stuff is. Uh, Carlos Trevino says that 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 gauntlet I just ran, uh, he says three and zero for the Houston Roughnecks. Okay, maybe. maybe. I've got to, I'm going to tell you, you're going to you're you're going to lose a game at some point. And if I were you, I would sure like to lose them in the middle of the season as opposed to the end of the season. You know what I mean? Um, you're not going. I don't see any team going twelve and zero. No, no, no. it's not going to happen. But but he's a uh, he's a roughnecks fan and that's what a roughnecks fan should be saying. Yes, right now. Ride or yes. Die. Ride or absolutely. Die. Yeah, so good good on you. What about the weather? Because Seattle and DC are those both games going to be played outside? Seattle is an outdoor game, and I know there's a lot made of like Seattle's weather and for that matter the DC weather. I don't think that's actually an advantage or a disadvantage for any team because Seattle doesn't train in Seattle. They train in Texas. And so when both teams go up and have a cold weather game, 
both teams are dealing with a shock to their system. I don't really see that as a as a part of the home field advantage. Right. The fans are what make home field advantage for sure. Can I say one thing about this game um, that's coming up? So if you are ready to leave the Brahmas, you don't even want to talk about the XFL anymore. Think about this. This game is going to be military night. And this is a chance for us to recognize the local heroes. So if you were like off the bandwagon and you were ready to give up your tickets, don't. Give them to a fellow veteran. Give them to someone who's active duty. Let's honor the local heroes here in San Antonio. So forget about the Brahmas. Forget about that we're losing. Forget about our quarterback. Go for our heroes. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, no, you bring up a good point. If you don't want to go to the game and you're ready to get rid of them, donate them to to Vet Ticks. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Cool. Vet Ticks, I think, gives them to veterans. I think they just pay a processing fee of like $5 or $8, and then they're in the game. Yeah, it's a so, great way to uh, get rid of those tickets on a game that you just can't make it to. You got season tickets, you just can't make it. Do that with them. I mean, you can sell them on Ticketmaster if you want to and try to make some of your money back. I get it. But, man, donate them. We've got plenty of servicemen and women here in San Antonio that would love to come out and see a game. Uh, do that. That's a great way to uh, honor them and and still support your Brahmas because you're still putting somebody in your seat. You're right. not able to be there, but you're going to put somebody in your seat and you're going to give up a little bit of money and you're going to honor a veteran. Um, we all say all the time that that's what we want to do is honor our, our veterans and our service Those men and women give up more than money. Let me tell you. Yeah. That's so right. let's do that. And you know, I, I, I want to kind of go to like a little segment, like a little kind of talking on what you all are, are talking about. So there, there's a gentleman, I'm not going to say his name just for privacy purposes, but he is a retired first responder, uh, disabled uh, firefighter, uh, lives out in uh, south of San Antonio. I'm not going to say exactly where. Um, he was in a different Facebook group, and he was saying, you know, I, I'm good. best of luck to the Brahmas, but I think I'm leaving this group. I just I can't afford any of the games. Um, and they so they the moderators from that group allowed the post and said, is there something we can do? Is there some way we can help get him a ticket or get him to the game? And uh, you know what I did? I bought him and his wife tickets in the ADA section. Um, That was my donation to him. And, um, you know, I I still, I have his phone number, and and he wants to come out to the watch. He's shy. Um, you know, I've told him just come on out, like have a good time. He's trying to scrounge up money to come up to another game. But he said that that was some of the most fun that he has had in years because, you know, he's got family stuff going on. He's got his disabilities that he's dealing with. You know, he's in a wheelchair and I, I saw it as this is a way for us to show that the Brahmas are for everybody. So if you're ready to give up on the Brahmas, I can tell you a couple of people who would very much appreciate a ticket donation because they they don't have the money. They live off of Social Security. And those of us from San Antonio know we're not the richest city in the world. You know, we we, we don't have the wealthiest people in the world here. And we're a blue collar city that works hard for every penny that we got, whether that's selling paletas 
whether that's selling street corn or whether that's doing whatever it is that you do. We try our hardest to make the most of what we got. And if you're ready to give up on the Brahmas, donate your ticket to somebody who actually wants to go and, and who would make that uh, a uh, make an experience of a lifetime for them. Because after doing what I did and seeing the experience that this gentleman had, it, it made my day. Like it made, it made the whole season for me. And it's like I've said before, like I've met, I, 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 these three people that are around me, I never met them in my life until the Brahmas came around. And now they're some of my best, some of my greatest friends that I talk to on a daily basis. It may be through Facebook comments and stuff. Um, but when I see them at games, I give them hugs like family. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, like if you're, if you're at that point, you can do better than just saying I'm selling them. And then, um, uh, complain about Ticketmaster fees. Right. we got about 10 minutes left, and we've got a, a part of our show, a part of our community that we always spend time on and we, don't, we haven't talked about yet because we've got a home game, and home games mean tailgate time. Uh, what's going on with the Brahma Mamas this, this week? What are you guys doing? Well, I know it's been a minute, but um, we're still going to be collecting food for the food bank. We're not going to have the barrels that didn't seemed to work well with us and that's okay so i told leo can you make a logo for us and say that there's going to be an rc wagon and he's like what's that i go that's me pulling a wagon rc wagon that's what that means <laughs> so i have no problem because that's what i did last game pulling my little wagon bring donations i will pile them up in my in my little suv and i will drop them off um, at the food bank that's not one big news second big news we're still going to have a group photo so we have to find out the logistics about when we can start tailgating. Um, the other thing that we're going to do, and I don't know if all of you know about it, I went ahead and created a Brahma Mama Fiesta Medal. And so we will sure start did. selling. I sure did. And so um, I'll be selling those um, at the tailgate on Sunday. Uh, the usual, we're going to try to get together. Um, the dance-off, anybody wants to challenge us to a dance-off? We're ready. We got our routine. We have our song. So... We're going to do that. Again, we welcome everyone just to hang out with us. We're not going to have the um, Brahma Mama juice. That didn't carry over very well. So we're not going to do that. And it's a later game. So we're just going to focus on meeting new people, taking pictures, taking our group pictures, purchasing the Brahma Mama medal if you want. Um, and please, please bring some non-perishable items. Again, some of those could be peanut butter. It could be canned vegetables, canned fruit. Um, it could be baby food. People forget about the babies, diapers. We're going to collect all of those as much as we can. If I have to dump it in the trunk and come back out, I will do that. So we'll be again in lot B. For those um, tailgaters that are lot C, I cannot take that wagon down the stairs and up the stairs. I'm too old for that. So if you can walk over to the, um, there, there it is. It's going to be in the yellow. So that's the one I, I kind of Put it out there to see which one you thought you might like better the black kind of the fuchsia or the yellow and i think going with our theme we're going to go with the yellow so they're going to be ten dollars each cash card how would you accept i would say cash you know it was ever easier what do you got you got venmo, venmo. you got cash got app venmo. you got paypal i got venmo, I got venmo. so okay. if uh, you, all right if you want to bring well, you cash, know i'm buying cash, uh, i hope so i hope so Amanda oh, wants oh. one as well. Don't uh, don't sell them okay. all before you get one to to Amanda. And then also Amanda, what's going on with the 
female fan club in St. Louis. Battle chicks. Yes, the, that's what <laughs> Philip loves to call them. you. The battle. That's chicks. what I want to call them. The battle I chicks. Know, I know you're battle dying to call them that. So um, again, a shout out to all of the other teams. If there's a, even if it's two or three females in Orlando, Seattle, D.C., Arlington, doesn't matter. Let's start working on that. Try and increase the female fan base for the XFL. We have to. It's woman owned. So RC will be out at the tailgate, obviously. Uh, Leo, you're going to be out there tailgating? Yep, over in Lot C with my usual crew. Lot C or B? Lot lot B, sorry. Yeah, you were in B last time. Yeah, no, no, Lot B. I was thinking I had it in my mind because when RC said, those of you that are across the way, you can walk over, I was going to say, for our Lot Seers, um, we heard from from Amanda and Dirty that were here at our first game um, it feels like so long ago, and we're we're finally getting to our it was. home game. It was God, finally, it was. finally. I we've just been looking forward to this in the tailgate. But we were told that Lot B was where it was at for my people that actually went, crossed over, and went to go see what Lot C had to had to to show, and they came over here and said, "Nah, this is this is where it's at." So Gauntlet laid down Lot uh, Lot Sears. Come on, pick up your game. But just if you don't feel like B. it, just come join us. Come on just over come and, to and, and bring bring a bring some uh, bring some uh, donations to to B RC for Bironga. B for uh-huh. Bironga, <laughs> yeah. Uh, bring it on over for for the food bank uh, donations. But yeah, Lot B definitely uh, sh- showed what they're about last time. Lot C, you got to step it up or just come and join us because there's there's room over there. Okay, so let's talk about the way the Alamo Dome does things, just so people understand. Uh, gates open, or, or the Alamo Dome usually opens 90 minutes before game time. Game time is 8 p.m. If you do your math, I realize that some of you guys don't like math. 630. Uh, no, we don't. 6.30 is we when that opens. Open. The parking lots generally open five hours before the gates open? No, four hours. Four, four hours yeah, before four hours. the gates open? So 230. So 2.30... Should be when the parking lot's open and we can begin tailgating. Uh, Jorge, I take it you're going to be out there, and it sounds like you're going to be a lot B, too? Yep. Yeah. No, I, I won't have my taco set up, but I'm going to be with the uh, the Brahma admins, I guess, if you want to call us that, um, and uh, kind of mooch off of them. But I will have I, – I, I stocked up on uh, Brahma beer at HEB yesterday. Oh, so good. I'll have it, it was three dollars and fifty cents. I was like, "Yes, really?" He's the guy from HUB. Yeah, like, six pack. So, wow, that's cheap. Not yeah, for a six pack. For, for a tall boy though, they were all oh, for a, a tall, tall boy. boy. Yeah, okay. yeah. So like, six pack. I was ready and to I was do wearing the, run. the Alamo beer shirt um, with the Brahma can on there, and the guy was looking at me, scanning the. He's like, I'm <laughs> "Good," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good." Wait, you've got a shirt? <laughs> Yeah, the Alamo Beer selling uh, Brahma beer shirts. Yeah. Nice. I did not know that. Uh, it looks like just the way things work out. Hey, late games are what they are, but it means that I might actually get to make it to tailgate because, as most of you know, I work Sunday mornings. That's my job. But I get done in such a way that I think I'll be able to get up there around 3 or 3.30, which means I'll be able to actually, for one of the few times, uh, sit in on the tailgate and uh and be able to meet everybody and have a good time 
um, and and enjoy some food and some drink before we go into the uh, the Alamo Dome. I still don't know if I'm going to be in the press box or not because my friends over know. at the Brahmas have yet have have still not approved my media credentials. What Come on, man. Come on, Brahmas. Let's get this done. Um, promote you for two hours every week. Two hours every week. <laughs> Give me a credential here so that I can I can be uh, covering the game from the press box. But if not, if I'll be in the stands with, as I said a few weeks ago, the regular people. Um, it's more fun in the stands. Trust me. Being moved to the, I had fun in the bullpen, but I can't wait to be in the stands. It's fun in the stands. I have not gotten to experience the bullpen yet. That would be interesting. Um, but I, I am conditioned at this point to be sitting in the press box and taking notes and, and watching the game from there. It is, it is a comfort place for me and it allows me to do this job a little easier. Um, but if they don't do it, they don't do it. Um, I'm just, I keep begging, uh, for them to recognize that we are a media outlet for them. Um, they just don't seem to recognize us as such yet. So we'll see. We'll see if that changes over the next couple of days. We're not going to give up. We're not no. going to go away. <laughs> no. Uh, hey, Jorge, you and I had a discussion on Facebook a couple of weeks ago about how great this whole experience has been uh, with the Brahmas. And I mentioned to you, you know what? There's something lined up right behind Brahma season as it ends with the San Antonio Gunslingers in the National Arena League. Now, we started out as a podcast covering them, and we will continue to do that. This is not their season. This is Brahma season, so it's normally a heavy show. Jorge, uh, you got a you got a red, white, and blue mariachi suit because Gunslingers football is coming up, and they need the Real mariachi yes, just as do. much in, in the Freeman Coliseum as they need it there at the Alamo Dome. So I got Coach's card here. You know, nice. I've been, in contact, I've been right. in contact with the Gunslingers. We're thinking of, we're, we're, I mean, obviously right now the focus is on the Brahmas. Right. I, for sure. I don't, I don't know if we're going to do a mariachi thing for them because I don't want people to say, oh, well, they're just copying the Brahmas. Ah. But we're, we're thinking of something good. Um, so, cause the, the, the mariachi thing is, is, is it kind of belongs to the, well, for, before I get myself into trouble, it yeah. belongs to me. Um, <laughs> and I am being a Brahma. With, right um but um i also don't uh I, I don't want people to feel like the gunslingers are just trying to copy the brahmas but i do have something that i'm thinking up my sleeve um to help them out because they have reached out to me they do want to work together um and i've actually never been to a gunslingers game and seeing as how at one point in my life i was this close to trying out for the Utah Blaze of the Arena Football League uh, before they folded, and then I was told, "Well, San Antonio Talons," and then the league folded. Right. Um, I have a special place in my heart um, for Arena Football because that was going to be my last chance to play football before I officially retired. As a guy who's been around the game but has not uh, been into a Gunslingers game, tell tell somebody that's never seen the indoor game the how would you relate the indoor game to the full game or the outdoor game, although we play in the dome, so that doesn't really make a lot of sense. What, what, what's, it, what's it like to you? It is fast-paced. It yeah. is quick. It is high-scoring. Um, it's when You know, when people say high-octane offense, that's what you get in arena football. It's high-octane. 
Um, you know, and it goes like that. Like it, and and at the end of the day, you're inside, and this is during the summer in yeah. San Antonio. So, like, I'll probably go to San Antonio FC games, but I'm also going to go to arena football games, especially on days when it's forecasted to be 100. I'm going to go watch <laughs> arena football. Right. June sporting event. Uh, let's get some air conditioning going in San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not – I've been to Texas Rangers games. I've been to baseball games when it's 105 degrees and sitting out on the ballpark in Arlington, which is now Choctaw Stadium, up in that upper deck in 105 degrees. Like, I, I'll do that, but let's be honest. Like, having air conditioning during the summer – is one of the greatest reasons that I'm glad I wasn't born in a time before air conditioners when we had to wear jeans and long sleeve uh, button up shirts all the time, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm very glad I live in the time when I can wear shorts and get some air conditioning. Um, I'm happy with that, but yeah, I'm excited that you're, uh, you're going to make that transition. I hope more of our fans, not only of our show, but of the Brahmas recognize that, Hey, Football doesn't have to end on May 13th after the, the Brahmas win the championship in the Dome. That doesn't have to be the end because we will be right in the beginning of uh, gunslinger season, and that can carry us all the way to July when they hoist their championship trophy yep. um, for the National Arena League. We can just carry it all the way through, and then in July we start talking about NFL football. Like We can have year-round football right here in San Antonio. Isn't that great? Awesome. Absolutely. Honest, honestly, I think this year I might be like, all right, NFL, you need to hurry up, be done with it. I want XFL again. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to get back to Brahma's football. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, unless your Packers are doing really well. Hey, we do talk a little bit of NFL football. Um, what are your Packers going to do at quarterback? It looks like you're, you're, are you going to, are you excited about love? Are you excited about love being your guy? He's not the guy, but uh, I Roger love love. Yeah, Rodgers Rogers is gone. I really, the fact that he has not been announced as being traded to New York is kind of surprising. I think he's going to be a either, Jet. Yeah, he, either he's going to go to, to be Brett Favre Jr. with the Jets, or he's going to go like every other Packer and go to Oakland and let his career die over there. So. Sure. <laughs> Everything dies over there. Well, it's Las Vegas now. Or yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows what you meant. Yeah. It's sure. the Raiders. Who cares? Uh, Leo, you signed a quarterback today as as free agency kicked off. Yeah, Are you super excited about uh, Jared Stedham? Jared you know Stedham. You know what? He's got he's got a pretty pretty decent skill set. He's mobile. He's got a nice arm. Turns the ball over a little bit uh, more than you like, but. He's very raw and talented. Certainly better than anything the Broncos have had as a number two QB in in recent years. For um, sure. So, uh, I, 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 and, then, and, you know, someone to put a little bit of pressure on on uh, Russell Wilson. Like, time to perform or we've got a guy we don't mind putting in there. Especially because of the way that contract is structured and he's protected uh, via injury or something if he starts yeah. to not do so well they can pull him make sure he doesn't get injured put a guy in there and you know count their losses for this season and look forward to something else nobody we'll should be happier with trades and free agency in the beginning of the nfl uh, sort of business season than rc right now mm. your bears 
made a deal that is Huge. going to make them a better football team. Um, they traded a number one pick that they didn't necessarily need, got two number one picks, two number two picks, and a really good receiver um, out of the deal. They they cleaned up in that trade with Carolina, and all Carolina gets out of it is a quarterback that, to me, is going to be a coin flip. No matter who they pick, if they go with, uh, what is it, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young is kind of the which one of these guys. I think both of them are kind of coin flips in the NFL. Um, and that's what they traded up to get to. Man, I think Chicago absolutely won that trade all the way around. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not. I think we're in good shape. We're in very good shape. Your Bears in a couple of years are gonna are gonna be all about that. Like they're gonna be. Uh, Brian Winsloff asks, "Is Russell, and that means Russell Wilson, beyond his prime?" And some guy named Viva Texas <laughs> says, hundred percent yes." Um, I will be very interested to see what Russell Wilson does in a different offensive scheme than that Nathaniel Hackett scheme that did not work last year. This is his last chance. Very much like our our Jaime Elizondo problem with an offensive scheme that just doesn't work. I I think Nathaniel Hackett's offensive scheme just wasn't working. Um, And so we'll see what Russell Wilson has left in the tank once they get a new offensive system into place. I'm not sure. I think he might be past his prime. I think he might have been a system quarterback because Geno Smith looked really good in Seattle last year, and Russell Wilson did not. Does that mean that that system is just built really well for a a mediocre quarterback to look really, really good? Um, Maybe. Sean Payton has a a reputation of – you know, being able to get the best out of his quarterback. So, like sure. I said, this this is his last chance. If if he can't succeed this year, or so some so something, then then like Amanda saying right now, washed up is going to be what's a, what he's going to be known as, and it won't be wrong. And in the midst of all of this offseason, wonderful things happen on all three of your teams. You're getting rid of Rodgers. You're picking up a second quarterback, and you got Sean Payton. You absolutely won the draft already by trading out of that number one spot. And my Dallas Cowboys are doing nothing, absolutely nothing, 100% nothing. They haven't moved anybody. They haven't changed anything. (laughs) They've restructured a couple of contracts, which they needed to do. And other than that, crickets. So... Nah, Way to no. go. We're, we're, we're so good right now. Why change anything? Great. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm very excited. We damn boys. Oh, guys, there's no reason to panic. Step off the ledge. Put down the cyanide capsules. Uh, Have some fun. We're at one and three, but there's still lots of season left, and there's no reason that we could not be challenging not only for the playoffs, somebody earlier said, just make the playoffs. That's all we got to worry about. Man, the number one uh, seed in the South is still in play. Let's have a playoff game and a championship right here in San Antonio. This is the time we need to get good. To be the championship because my the championship is three days before my birthday. And nice. There's no better gift than having a championship game and a birthday party in the parking lot of the Alamo Dome as we walk in and yell our hearts out for our Brahmas. How fun would it be to have the championship game in your home stadium? Look, I'm probably going to go. I'm going to try to get to the championship game no matter who's there, but I don't want to go watch Houston and D.C. play. 
Like I want to go watch my Brahmas, so let's get them there. And we I don't actually want a damn beer snake in the Alamo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> we have the we have the opportunity to affect the game on the field. Uh, Arlington has already been through it once. Man, let's give them the nightmare of having to go through it twice. Uh, yeah. A loud crowd that just won't leave them alone, causing some false starts, making them run their offense away they don't want to run it. Look, every pro offense in the country right now loves to change the call at the line. Get up there. Let me see what the defense has given me as a look. Let me change the call. We can make that impossible in the mm-hmm. Dome on Sunday night. Let's do it. And in Choctaw. Yeah, and in Choctaw. Turn around and do it in their home stadium. Be great. Uh, let's do that, and let's support our team. If if you want to sell your tickets and you want to get off the train, bye. Well, bye. Um, I don't know what else to say to you, but we're going to be here. Uh, Brahmas fans, real Brahmas fans, primos, are going to be here. Um, all the way through. The Brahma Mamas are going to be here. And Viva Texas. Hey, uh, just so under everybody understands, because we see you post under your name, and then we see you yeah. post some under, under Viva Texas. What's the difference? What are we missing? What is Viva Texas? So Viva Texas is my social media brand. And so that's where I throw a lot of my jabs that are shareable. Um, if I post it in the group, it's under my name. I obviously cannot share it because um, it's private to the group. But I post it to my – I have a large following, particularly on TikTok. Um, and so, yeah, it, I, I've been salivating for this. I, I paid up my debt to the mayor, and I've been salivating for these two weeks. Because I get to punch Dallas for two straight weeks, which I've already been doing for the past year. Just because it's Dallas. Yeah, I know you really dislike my my home my home city my home metroplex. I know you really dislike them, um, and, and I'm not even going to say that uh, that everything you say is wrong. I'm from there, but I've spent half my life down here. Uh, but man, we're still up in the metroplex. We are still Texas. Um, it could be worse. It could be Oklahoma. Okay, um, we're not that bad. We're not the best, but we're not Oklahoma. So no. ease up no. a little, a little, uh, just a little. Not, no. We are the no, lone not, star, not, one star. Not, we're all together. Not, not on the Renegades. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> coming. I'm coming out. You remember Captain America and the, when, when he they, they get him out of the ice and he's doing that punching bag deal? Right. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be me for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not talking about the Renegades. You can do whatever you want to them. I'm just saying the oh, Metroplex yeah, yeah. as a whole – the people in it <laughs> you can you can you can you can dislike the city the the metroplex area but recognize that it's still texas and it's not oklahoma and and that's 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 at least a little better it could be worse <laughs> yeah. it could that's, be worse yeah. that's pretty bad when you're like your slogan is dallas <laughs> it's better than oklahoma <laughs> dallas <laughs> at least we're not oklahoma <laughs> yeah. i'm fine with that i'm okay <laughs> As a as a representative of North Texas, I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly I fine with that. Not watching because she's from Tulsa, so I'm just uh, like. <laughs> but she got to Texas, so she knows what she's doing. That's true. That's oh, that's yeah. the way to do it. Well, we've got a way we always end the show. We always talk about how uh, football across the country, uh, when it comes to football, we have something to say. The two one zero specifically. 
And then we've got our little bang bang. That is a big part of our show from the Gunslinger Days and the Smoking Guns podcast. And then we blow into the end of the gun. But today, as we go out and talk about football, I think we need a grito right at the end of all of that. Can can we get one of them as we end the show here? Whether whether football is up in uh, Arlington or down in Houston, over in Orlando, whether it's indoor football in Orlando uh, or in Odessa or in Jacksonville, uh, when it comes to football, when it comes to professional football, the best professional football in all of the land, when it all comes down to it, the 2-1-0. That's nice. That's that's really nice. If you're listening, you need to go back and watch the video because it's got its own pace. Uh, when it comes to football, whether it's in the arena or in the dome, out in the elements or inside where it's nice and cool, when it comes to football, professional football, the 210 has got something to say. 